0: We are glad that you have joined us this morning, and uh, it's a fun day to be gathered together on the holiday weekend, and yet it presents, uh, we recognize, some, some challenges. You have, to, you have to jump through a few hoops. You have to work through a few things to be with us this morning. You had to work your plans, your Christmas Eve plans, around this, and I'm so grateful that you did because we get to gather together this morning to celebrate Jesus Christ. He's the baby that was born in order to give himself for us, in order to offer his life as payment for our sin. This year, on Sundays, we have been working our way through the Bible. We've been reading through the Bible together, a plan that we've been calling Redemption Story because we've been tracing the story of redemption through the entire Bible story. We began in Genesis way back in January, and here we are this coming week, we will finish in the book of Revelation. This morning we're going to be in First John chapter 3, so I encourage you to turn your Bible with me to First John chapter 3. Next Sunday, by the way, we will be in Revelation. I'm excited about that as well. We'll be in the latter chapters, Revelation chapter 21, next Sunday as we finish out our journey through the Bible together this year. This morning, I want us to read a very important passage of Scripture together in First John chapter 3 verse 16. Now you've heard John 3:16 before. I know you have, "For God so loved the world that He gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in Him should not perish, but he have eternal life." But first John 3:16, also written by the same guy, by the disciple that Jesus loved, as he refers to himself in the Gospel of John, none other than John, the Apostle John. 1 John 3.16 is a letter written from John to the church. John was often known as the, the disciple of love or the love disciple. In fact, one of the early church fathers in, in a, a commentary that he wrote on the book of Galatians writes this. He writes a story about the apostle John in his later years that John would be carried into the gathering where the, where the church was and they would set him on a stool. He would literally be, have to be carried into their church gathering and, and they would set him on a, a stool or a, a chair of sorts amongst the early church and he would say to them, he would point his finger to them and he would say to them, my children, love one another. And once one of the, those gathered said to him, John, why is it that you're always telling us to love one another? And John's reply was, because if you do this, it is enough. It is enough. John understood that in order for us to love, we have to know the source of love. We have to know where love comes from. Have you ever been to red river new mexico you ever been to red river new mexico some in the room have we have a a group from our haven college ministry that were just there uh, a, a little over a week ago a couple of weeks ago they were there in red river red river new mexico gets its name because it's the source of the red river it's the headwaters of the red river that flows the border between the promised land and texas you know that red river it's the source of the Red River, and it flows, and eventually it runs into a greater river. But in order to really appreciate the, the beauty, the splendor of the Red River, it just it adds another dimension if you've been to the source, if you've been to Red River, and you've seen where that river begins. And there are so many things like that that we can think about, that when you understand where something comes from, you have a greater appreciation for it. Well, love works that way as well. When we understand what love is and we have an understanding of where love comes from, then it gives us a greater appreciation of this love. And so I want us to look together at 1 John chapter 3, verse 16, one verse of Scripture this morning. But in this verse of Scripture, we're going to find three different... Things to key in on. And you can just follow along as we read, but then you'll notice the phrasing. Notice in particular the commas. Your English teacher will be really proud if you've already picked this out. You saw the commas and you thought, okay, that's the divisions. That's the, the phrases in this verse. Well, that's gonna be what we use as sort of our breakdown of First John 3.16 this morning as we look at it together. So let's read together. First John 3.16. By this we know love, that he laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for the brothers. The first thing that we see in this is that because of Jesus, we can experience love. Because of Jesus, we can experience love. Now, I know that that may seem to you a little tried and true, right? That may seem a little well-worn. You've heard me preach things like that before. You've heard that message before. But I want you to pause and think for a moment about the significance of that idea, that because of Jesus, we can experience love. First of all, what is love? If we're gonna experience it, What is love? John writes extensively in this letter in 1 John about what love is and where love comes from. He's gonna go on in the next chapter in 1 John chapter four to say, beloved, let us love one another for love is from God and everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. He who does not love does not know God for God is love. That's in chapter four, verses seven and eight. John is saying, listen, Love is so important. It is so crucial. It is so critical to what we are about and what it is that we're to do. Because of Jesus, we can experience love. Now, if you've been around the church long, if you've been around preaching, you've heard a preacher say that there are different words in the New Testament that are used for love, and that's right. There are different words in the Greek language, which is what most of the New Testament, and particularly this letter were written in, and, and so these words, there's three different words. There's the word eros, there's the word phileo, and there's the word agape. And this word here, this word for love is the word agape. It means it's an unconditional type of love. Because of Jesus, we can experience this agape love. By this, we know love. By what? Well, by Jesus, of course, John is saying, because Jesus came into this world, because he lived among us and gave his life for us, we can know what love is. Too, too often today, we get love wrong because we think of love as a feeling. And an emotion, and I don't mean to say that love doesn't stir the emotions, I don't mean to say that it doesn't stir or tug at our feelings, but love is so much more than just a feeling. Love is what we do. Love is an action. If you keep reading in chapter three, you're gonna go down and you're gonna read the instruction to not just love in word. In talk or in word, but in deed and in truth, which is to say, demonstrate your love, show your love, prove your love. How is it that Jesus proved his love for us? He took action. He came to live among us. He lived a sinless and perfect life. He offered himself on the cross as payment for our sin. He rose victoriously from the grave, praise God, and he's ascended to the Father where he is seated making intercession on our behalf and we wait for his second coming, his return. That's actually what we'll focus in on next Sunday in Revelation, his, his coming, his return. And in the, in the longing, in the waiting, in the anticipation, our instruction is to love each other. So not just feelings, not just to have kind of the, the Disney, you know, uh, the rom-com, the, 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 that version of love, but real love sacrificial love, selfless love, sanctifying love, secure love, the way that we know love in Jesus. Because of Jesus, we can experience love. Not only that, secondly, we see in this text that because of Jesus, we have an example of love. So it's not just that we can know love, but we have an example to follow when it comes to Now, that'll be important with the next instruction, the third point, but we're not there yet, right? So let's consider first the example of love. When I say the example of love, what comes to mind for you? Hopefully, because we're here on a Sunday morning and it's this close to Christmas and I'm reading, hopefully the first thing you thought of was Jesus because that is the ultimate example of love. Now, there are lots of other examples of love that we can point to in this world And I would argue to the degree that any of them really get at the heart of what real love is. They are a reflection of the same love that God had for us. They're a reflection of Jesus' love. Because that's what true love is. Again, in chapter 4, love is from God because God is love. You can even go to chapter 4, verse 10, and he's going to say that we're to love others with the same love that was given to us. In other words, we're to look to the example that was set for us. When we had our kids, you know, it's really interesting that with the older children... We were, we were pretty uptight about a lot of things, as a lot of parents are. And by the time we got to the fourth child, it was a lot more relaxed. It was not our first rodeo with the fourth one, right? We were a lot more relaxed. Like, with the first child, the pacifier falls on the ground, and you're like, pick it up, you know, emergency alert, 2319, if you get that reference. And, and you're cleaning it off, and you're like, oh, quick, clean it, put it. The fourth one, you pick it up, and you brush it off, you're like, ah. Building their immunity, right? I'm doing them a favor. And you, you, you chill out a little bit. You, you, you learn. Well, one of the other things that happens is the youngest child or younger children have an example. So a lot of times they do things faster. I saw one of our little ones this morning who has older, older siblings toddling around at a, at, a, at a pretty young age. And the little ones do that. They talk earlier. They walk earlier. Often those things. Why? Because they have an example that they're following. You know, it helps to have an example for us to follow. Jesus, knowing that, gave us an example of what real love is. Through his life, through his ministry, through his teaching, through pouring himself into disciples and instructing them to pour themselves into others, Jesus gave us the ultimate example of love. And so we can love each other because Jesus gave us the example to follow. It's the rule to follow. Did you know this? the word bible the word bible actually comes from an old word meaning rule did you know that sometimes we'll refer to it as canon that word actually has the same it carries the same meaning it's the bible is the standard it's the ruler and in the bible we have the story of jesus his life his ministry his sacrifice all of those things and that's given to us as the example for us to follow, the example for us to live by, ultimately pointing us to Jesus because the purpose of the Bible is to point us to Jesus. John tells us as much. If you go to John chapter 20 and look at the last verse, he tells us as much. He says, there's so many other things we could have written, but these things we have written that you may know and that you may believe. The Bible is pointing us to Jesus. So he's the example. Because of Jesus, we have an example of love. And then finally, we see in this last phrase that because of Jesus, we are expected to love one another. Now, I get it. A lot of times we don't like expectations. And so when I say we're, you're expected, you may bristle a little bit at that. Well, expected, uh, no one gets to tell me what to, right? That's kind of our, our mentality. Even if we don't mean for it to be consciously, oftentimes we, we don't like to be told what to do. We're an independent lot, many of us. And yet this word expected here, I think it's important for us to understand. Look at what it is that John writes here. We ought to lay down our lives for the brothers. Ought. The word ought, right? It's the ought. It's the things we should do. Or in the context of what John is writing here, it's what's expected of us. And here's ultimately what John is saying. If you have really met the love of Jesus, if you have met Jesus by faith and you have a personal relationship with him, it will change the way that you live. It will change your behavior. It will change your desires. We ought to love one another. Why? Because the love of God transforms us. Because the love of God changes us from the inside out. And so we're expected to love one another. The New Testament is full of one another. There are 52 times in the New Testament that those words are used, one another. But none of them, I think, more important than this instruction, that we are to love one another. And in the context, again, of what he's writing here, look at the way that he he phrases it, that we ought to lay down our lives for the brothers. What's another way of saying we ought to lay down our lives for one another? What does it mean to lay down your life? Well, in John chapter 15, verse 13, Jesus said to his disciples on on his final night with them before his crucifixion, Jesus said to his disciples, greater love has no one than this that he would lay down his life for his friends. And he says to them, and you are my friends. And I call you my friends. Jesus was telling them, that what he was about to do was the ultimate example of real love. And he's urging them to follow that example by laying down their lives for each other. And John is just repeating the same thing for us here that if we really believe and we really understand this and, and we really make this the heart of who we are, then it will change the way that we act, it will change the way that we love others. We ought to lay down our lives for the brothers. We ought to love one another actively, not just in word, but in deed and in truth, with the things that we do so that our lives become an embodiment of the love of Jesus. My hope for you, first and foremost, is that you know Jesus, that you have experienced His love because you have trusted Him for the forgiveness of your sins. You've confessed Him as the Lord and the Savior of your life, that you've surrendered your life to Him, this baby who was born, placed in a manger, who became the Savior suffering on the cross, and ultimately the God who rose victoriously from the grave, that you would know him by faith. And this morning, in just a moment, we're going to move into a time of invitation, a time of response, where we invite you to come. And if you've never trusted Jesus by faith, what better way to celebrate Christmas than to surrender your life to him, But I know many in the room have taken that step. Many in the room have, you have surrendered your life to Jesus. The challenge to us, the the example that we are compelled to follow is to live like Jesus lived. We ought to lay down our lives for one another. We are expected to love one another. May we seek to embody the love of Jesus in the way that we treat each other, in the way that we treat even the least of these, in the way that we love others around us, as we follow his example. Because of Jesus, we can experience love. Because of Jesus, we have an example of love. Because of Jesus, we're expected to love one another. May we love others with the love that was poured out for us in Jesus. I want to invite you to bow your head with me and close your eyes as we prepare for our time of response this morning. And even as we prepare for this moment, I'm I'm going to lead us in prayer. After I pray, we're going to stand and sing a song together. And as we sing this song together this morning, if God is stirring your heart and you're ready to surrender your life to Jesus today, then we would encourage you to come. Our staff will be here at the front ready to receive you. What better way to celebrate Christmas than to make Jesus the the center of your life, to receive God's greatest gift given to us when he gave us Jesus. So, Lord, we are grateful that we can know love because you gave yourself for us. We can experience your love. We are grateful, God, that we have your example to follow so that we know what love is and we know how to love one another. And ultimately, Lord, we desire to fulfill the the expectation that we ought to lay down our lives for others, that we ought to love with the love that you've given us as a, a testimony of the faith that has saved us from our sin. Jesus, we look to you this morning. All this we pray in your name.